Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 453 of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. I'm Jordan Stoltz, your host. And today, this is going to be the last episode for a few weeks, actually. Going to take a very short break, most likely, um, due to us having twins. I'm going to talk about today uh, the new additions to the Stoltz family and how I'm going to, I guess, approach my fitness goals and approach the fitness practices that I kind of have nailed in as habits already. And um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit today on how I'm going to approach that and strategize about um, how I'm going to do it with these twins around because things are about to get crazy in our house. Hopefully today's episode is valuable for you, whether you are expecting a child or you might have something else busy coming up in your life, like a career change, a move, just your priorities are different because it's getting to be summertime. Um, any of those things, you can kind of plug and play any of these strategies to stay on track with your fitness without making it a huge priority. Time suck. And um, just when you don't really have time or energy to put into it, you can still make progress in the ways I'm going to talk about today. Thank you for joining me and let's get started. All right. So yes, you heard it in the intro. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't even know, but we are having twins in the next couple of weeks. Sarah, my wife, is hanging in there. Um, she's doing great. And we're getting closer to the due date. The due date is technically May 12 that we're going to have twins. We already have a two-year-old, uh, but we're going to have twins here on May 12. They could, in theory, come anytime before that. Made it this far. Might as well shoot for the end, but um, you know, we'll see how how Sarah's doing. You can't really stop it once it starts happening, I guess. So whenever they come, they come. But I wanted to make an episode in case I kind of go offline for a few weeks on the podcast to talk a little bit about my fitness goals and just kind of give you insight to how I'm going to approach things. Because obviously having a toddler and twin newborns is going to be kind of crazy. Sleep will be an issue. Time for training might be an issue. Finding time to like cook proper meals might be an issue. All of these things are excuses, yes, but very true and challenges that new parents definitely get hit with. Um, and this can be kind of plugged and played to any situation that takes up a lot of time, I think. Things like a new job, things like a new house, a renovation, um, just priorities different in the summer or you know other things that just take away energy and time from your fitness goals where that does take a certain percent of your energy every every day, every week and um, every month. So you need to change how you allocate the energy and you need to um, kind of change how you approach things. I do think it's really valuable to mention and you know definitely drive home that having the habits in place before something like this happens is very important because um, you know I am not really stressing about how I'm gonna be you know in six months fitness wise after the twins come because I already have the habits in place that I you know, have been doing for years, tracking macros, hitting training sessions, staying active outside the gym, prioritizing sleep, supplementation, all these things are really dialed in most of the time for me. And because those are dialed in and just habits in my life that are pretty much automatic, like brushing my teeth, um, it's not that big a deal to just kind of change how I do them a little bit. If you are someone who is brand new to fitness and 
you know, these, or maybe you want to get in shape for the first time and you have something like this coming your way, it's going to be a lot harder because you don't already have the habits built in. So, you know, the kind of pre-step, the precursor to all of this, I think is to put in, I'd say three to six months minimum of disciplined fitness regimen, which means setting alarm at, I mean, I'm serious, like make it discipline, set, set an alarm at 5.30, 6 a.m., do some cardio, stay active throughout the day, hit 10,000 steps, hit a weight training session three, four days a week in the afternoons, and track your macros, um, body weight times 15 or so, right? Just a number, body weight times 14 is fine, body weight times 13 is even fine. Find that number, track your calories, hit your protein grams in your body weight about, and um, make those things a habit. Drill those in like crazy um, over you know, a three to six month period, then you'll have the habit built and then you'll be kind of prepared to carry that forward through more busy and stressful times. If it's not a priority and you're new to it, you're definitely going to fall off. So it's important to build up that, build up that momentum first. I think since I have that momentum, I'm going to approach things um, kind of in a five step way. And I'm going to go over that today in this episode, and hopefully it's valuable for you. And uh, at least I'll be saying it out loud and holding myself accountable, if nothing else. The first thing I'm going to do, I'll talk about training a little bit to start, because that is kind of the thing that um, is a time issue, right? Um, of course, right now, a two-year-old, you are limited on time, but one, you know, one child at two with two parents at home it's not that big a deal to be like, can you watch him for this amount of time? I'm going to go train. Actually, our son likes to kind of be in the home gym with me while I train. So that's fun. He comes with me and does a pretty good job down there. So it's not an issue right now. Um, there are some things I do to kind of make it work, but uh, it's not an issue. It might be an issue with twins, though, and with newborns. Um, and for other reasons, I'll go into later in this episode like sleep, nutrition, and things like that. For time though, of course, I'm going to want shorter sessions. I normally train anywhere from five to 11 sessions per week. And that means sometimes I split my training AM, PM, which is why there's over seven sessions. Uh, sometimes I do two a days and, um, a lot of times I'll train at least five days a week. So I'm going to change that to about four. Four sessions is still enough for me. It's enough to keep me mobile, energized, keep the habit going. I don't really like two or three personally right now. Um, I prefer four or five and I'm going to do shorter ones. So shorter sessions are, it's more possible the more sessions you can get in per week. Meaning if you only train two times a week to get every body part exercise movement and volume that you need in two times a week, you're probably going to be looking at hour to hour and a half work, uh, workouts, even on the short end, you can shorten those sessions, the more you can get in. So if you can get in four days a week, five days a week, those can be shrunk down to 40 minutes, 45 minutes, because you're splitting up that volume over the course of the entire week. For me, I'm going to do about four or five, but I'm going to try if I can splitting the sessions AM PM, that's kind of a flex option for me because I don't know if that's going to work for sure, but splitting the sessions allows even shorter sessions, just more times per day. I work from home, so it's possible for me to do that. I know if you work 
eight to five, it's not going to be as possible for you, but it is for my situation. So I'm just telling you what I'm doing. If I can, you know, if I have a upper body workout on Monday, for example, I might do chest and back in the morning and then shoulders, arms, abs in the evening, something like that. Um, lower body, I'd likely just do my big lift like squats in the morning and then do the accessories like unilateral work and stuff later. That's an option. I might do that. I might not depending on the time, but shorter sessions are the move here. More sessions per week and AM PM sessions can accomplish that. The other thing I'm going to do to shorten the sessions is eliminate some fluff, right? I do ab exercises. I do forearm exercises, trap exercises, shoulder exercises like side delt, lateral raises and stuff. All of that is essentially fluff and added volume that's not really needed for progress. I'm going to shrink down a little bit to more minimalist training, not total minimalist training, but essentially eliminate some isolation movements, focus on sessions built of compound movements. So what that means is instead of a leg session that has squats, leg press, leg extensions, leg curls, calf raises, and abs, it's going to look more like four or five sets of barbell squats and maybe some leg curls. Minimize the movements, increase the intensity and volume on those movements that you're doing. So fewer um, fewer exercises to set up for and less sets overall in the training session, but they'll be just as effective because there are more compound movements that are more taxing. So, um, yeah, a chest workout instead of hitting a chest fly, a bench press, incline dumbbell, um, you know, maybe push-ups or dips. It's going to look more like incline press. That's it. Maybe one more exercise. So we're going to split things up that way, minimize some different exercises and lower the volume a little bit. For activity, something I'm going to definitely do this time around um, is to work in activity throughout the day instead of focusing so much on those individual sessions. So I know like the calorie burn in each session is going to be a little less with fewer exercises, not much, but a little cardio, not going to have time for that besides maybe walking the dogs. I am going to try to work in more activity throughout my day to build up this activity level I do now in different ways. So, you know, right now I might do like an AM PM workout. I'll walk the dogs for two or three miles this summer. I might do like a short dog walk in the morning, uh, maybe a little bit later on. Maybe I'll play with uh, my son in the afternoon. That'll be some activity. I bought a walking pad for my desk. So while I'm working on my laptop, I have a standing desk and I'll be walking two miles an hour or so on the treadmill, getting in more steps that way. So um, the other day I tested this out, did the dog walk, did the AM workout, did the treadmill while I worked, and I was up to like 12,000 steps by lunchtime. If I can accomplish even half of that, six, 7,000 steps by lunchtime and maybe end with 10,000, that's a good activity level for someone who's busy and you know losing out on time for fitness. Uh, if you can find ways to work an activity throughout your day, that's going to be very valuable. Maybe you have no time when you get home to do cardio or go for a walk, but can you work into your work day, you know, two or three walks? Maybe you on your lunch break, walk for 20 minutes after lunch. Maybe you can do a 10 minute walk after work really quick, or before you go into the office, you can walk 10 minutes around the building, something like that. 
little stuff like that adds up big time as far as steps are concerned, health is concerned, and overall calorie burn for the day is concerned. So that's activity. Um, I think another important thing to note is I'm going to have to adapt to the recovery changes that my body's going to have. Right now, I'm pretty dialed in with what I can recover from, right? I know that like if I do a certain amount of sessions a week, if I do, um, maybe I, you know, do a certain amount of volume sets, um, wait time sets, however you want to calculate that. I know what I can handle and recover from given my situation right now, right? My sleep habits, my nutrition, the calorie intake I'm on, the training I do. If my training is going to change, my recovery will change. But also, if my stress will change, my recovery will change. If my sleep will change, my recovery will change. So I have to adapt to that. So most likely what this means is I'll be able to recover less or I'll recover worse than usual uh, because of the sleep changes mainly. So because of that lack of sleep that's coming, more stress, less time, um, I'm going to have less I can recover from, which is it kind of plays into why I would shorten the sessions by taking out exercises and volume because I can't recover from it anyway. So it kind of ends up being junk volume, useless, less exercises, fewer sets. That's the way to do it um, because I know I can't recover from too much. So I'll start on the low end, you know, you know, it's just a short session, low amount of sets per body part per week and I can add from there if I need to, but I'll probably have to adapt to recovery a little bit. If I'm getting really sore, not progressing, I'll have to reduce it even more. And I can update you on that as I go. The other thing, obviously, that will suffer is sleep. This is an obvious one for any parents. You know, the first, I don't know, six to 12 months, somewhere in there is kind of when you start getting your sleep back. But that first six months can be brutal, I would assume, I've only ever had one child before, one baby, but I would assume with two, when you have two, it's um, going to be compounded quite a bit on when you'll be up throughout the night. So having two newborns might be that way and a toddler. So the nap, like when I had our toddler, for example, um, I was working from home as well. So we were tag teaming it, which is nice. Um, we just kind of took naps when we could, right? Because it was like, I could take a little break from work. Um, if he's down for a nap, I could catch a 30 minute nap really quick. The weekends I could catch up on sleep for sure. While the grandparents watched, um, you know, the kid and all that, that's different because with a toddler, you have to be, I mean, he's up at six in the morning, pretty much every morning. So, you know, I'm going to be up naps unless he's napping and the babies are napping, which would be a pretty lucky situation with two babies, um, the naps aren't as much going to happen. So sleep is going to suffer. I know that going in and that's going to, of course, um, affect recovery training and even adherence to nutrition a little bit. It's going to be a little bit of brain fog going on there for a minute because of that. The priority needs to be sleep. And I think it's important to go into situations like this, knowing what you need to prioritize. Even if it's something like a vacation, what you need to prioritize, is it a big deal you get to the hotel gym or is it just a big deal that you, you know, don't eat 8,000 calories a day while you're on vacation? It's probably the latter, right? The training session will give you a very small benefit. Staying roughly on track with your nutrition is going to be a lot bigger on something like vacation. With something like new babies, could I wake up at 5 a.m. while they're still sleeping? 
you know, cross my fingers or still sleeping and do a quick training session or do some cardio, I could. What will probably give me more benefit health-wise, sanity-wise, stress-wise, recovery-wise for the training I'm doing is prioritizing sleep. Take it where you can get it. And, um, you know, don't cut back on sleep on purpose, especially when it's limited. So that's a strategy of mine. Prioritize sleep over training for sure. If I, I'm saying right now, I'll try to get in four sessions a week. If it ends up being, you know, day four and I could take a nap and I'm really, really tired and things are lining up to take the nap over training. I'd probably take the nap, honestly, because sleep's going to be more of an issue. Now, that can't really go on past the first six months or a year, but initially, that's going to be the move. Focus on sleep over training and recovery over everything because that's what's going to be really hindered. Nutrition-wise, we're just talking maintenance calories right now. I think it's really important to know and to keep in mind that maintenance doesn't mean you're going backwards. Maintenance means you're holding steady. So if you've made a lot of progress, maybe like you've gained a lot of muscle, you've lost a lot of weight, you're seeing positive changes in your body, going to maintenance might feel like you are giving up and going backwards. But it's not that way at all. On the contrary, you're actually just holding steady to what you've done, right? So if you've lost 40 pounds, maintenance means you are maintaining that new weight you know, the minus 40 pounds weight, not your old weight. If you've gained some muscle, maintenance means you are doing lower volume training, so you're not really gaining strength and muscle. You're eating at maintenance calories, so you're not putting on weight, but you are holding steady at that at that target. And another secret benefit of maintenance is that you're going to be set up for another goal later on even better. So if I am in maintenance calories for six months starting in a couple weeks, I'm going to be set up beautifully for a fat loss phase in the winter because, uh, you know, next year, because I won't have been in one for like over a year at that point. And that's going to set me up really, really nicely, or even a gaining phase because I'm going to have my appetite regulated. I'm going to be, you know, ready for more training volume when I'm able to add it. And, um, I'll be prepared and primed for that. Maintenance does a really great job at that priming aspect of things. So that's in short, the overall game plan, prioritizing sleep, adapting to the recovery. I'm going to do shorter sessions, work in that activity throughout the day and eat at maintenance calories. I mean, you know, honestly, it's all about maintaining what I've done and also maintaining the habits that I've built throughout the years and even weeks and months leading up to this. So It's a big moment. Of course, priorities are a thing and it's okay if your life priorities shift away from fitness a little bit. This is a fitness podcast, but I see it more as like a um, audio blog of my thoughts about fitness and um, advice that hopefully you can plug into your own life as well. That's fairly actionable. Just remember, it's okay to not always prioritize fitness and um, health hopefully is a decent priority for you, but it's even okay if that falls down the list a little bit here and there. If you need to make moves in your career, if you're traveling and enjoying life that way, if you're doing something that takes up a lot of time and energy or you're having twins, shift things around, make a new plan, make a game plan. And, you know, just remember to try to keep those habits active and um, maintain what you've done. And you can always start taking steps forward down the road. 
So I guess with that, episode 453, I can just say to you guys, wish me luck. Um, and hopefully things go well. And if they do go well, you'll probably see more episodes coming out in the next month or two. If they're not going too well and sleep and training and everything really is an issue, you might not hear from me for a couple months, but hopefully it um, goes smoothly and I'm back next week and the week after that and the week after that for regular episodes. Um, if you do want to work with me, I, you know, I do work all day on my computer, so I'm able to help you guys with questions and fitness goals and everything. If you have any questions or want to work with me in any way to create a plan for you that builds those habits and um, customizes things to what you need for your situation, reach out to jordansultzfitness at gmail.com. I will link that in the description of this podcast so you can uh, just copy that into your email. Shoot me an email and I'll help you out and um, send you over how to work with me. Thank you for listening to another episode and uh, talk to you guys later.